that is. What? It's laser time. You thought it was a celebrity. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Hi, I'm Chris Antista. Henry Gilbert. Michael Raparas. Diana Goodman. That's right. Not and the one that dated Elvis. What? There was um, Diana Goodman, who was a Miss Georgia, who was on Hee Haw and dated Elvis. <laughs> so when you Google my name, you get a bunch of pictures of this big blonde lady. I can just see Junior Samples. Elvis? <laughs> I can just imagine Junior Samples going like, and now Diana Goodman. <laughs> Welcome to Hee Haw. Conway And now Conway Twitter. So Diana had the idea for this episode, and I hope I can help. This is an anecdote that might work. Um, your idea was like celebrity encounters. So, right. I mean, that doesn't need not much uh, description, but what mm-hmm. were you thinking exactly? Uh, well, I've just, uh, I, something came up that I thought of like, what? I have actually talked to a couple different celebrities in like weird circumstances. And then I was talking to someone else who had some other fun encounters. And I was like, it's always a fun story. And, when you run into a celebrity, something weird happens. And, and well, this is uh, this is barely a, an anecdote of that. But we were just talking about. It. I was saying like, oh shit, look, Dana Dana Gould, one of my favorite comics, uh, favorited a tweet of mine. <laughs> it is a celebrity Aww. sighting of this. But it's day. also it was one of those like a uh, uh, what do you call that pandering? Like I included him in the fucking tweet, and it was a tweet of Gex, a game I was very much playing. Oh, and I did that because I learned that I, I had no idea the Vita had a screenshot feature, just like the ah. iPhone. And you can take crystal clear yes. Vita screenshots you can of buy PS1 that on games. the Vita? Fucking Gex. Fucking Gex. <laughs> fucking Gex. <laughs> and Enter the Gecko. That's the well, special edition, right? And, fucking uh, Gex. And I'm like, I want to see what this is. It was just because I, I had just gone to see Dana Gould live, do his podcast live um, during Sketchfest. And what seems to be a weird tradition when seeing some of my favorite uh, let's call them 90s comics mm-hmm. uh, even though they're, they're my favorite Kirk, like Bob Odenkirk like went off on a heckler like it, is it been a, have you just been doing this so long or have you not well done they this are in both into their late 40s now yeah and, and just like dude I didn't when Odenkirk did it like I didn't hear the guy say anything mm. and you were FF Woody Cooks from Mr. Show <laughs> shake the crime stick and broke character to berate somebody <laughs> and it was really bizarre and it's uh, I, I know people have compared that to like you know your dad comes in and yells at your mom during dinner and it's like well then now family <laughs> let's try and get back to this and it was a horrible story of like like he keeps singling a guy out during this live performance Steven Toblowski Toblowski was there yeah it'll be a Ned Ryerson Ryerson Ned the head he sure as heck if I remembers you Hank Um, but he he was being interviewed and then Gould keeps breaking and like do you want to keep doing this do you want to keep doing this and then like finally (laughs) I'm not even hearing what this guy's doing (laughs) and uh, and he's like you want to keep you want to keep making that noise and then finally he just breaks he's like alright that's it you wanted the attention. <laughs> now you have all the attention. <laughs> Are you going to? And it, it lasts like an uncomfortable five it minutes. Was, it sounds like he took a nuclear option with something that was not didn't deserve it. Like, and, and I, I think, well, then like, we've heard through a friend so of a friend, friend who of doesn't a friend. know who Dana Gould is. Uh, was uh, it's Carolyn? You guys know. Should Carolyn. we name them? Yeah. Sorry. Well, Carolyn didn't have anything to do with it okay. um, but she's telling Brett and I had told Brett that I'd see Dana Gould and like the, basically the other side of the story was yeah our artistic friend went to go see Dana Gould and he has this tick and uh, Dana Gould yelled at him until he left the theater oh, and I'm like oh my god it's even worse now I feel even worse <laughs> I feel, it's so much worse now yeah so because I think all he was doing was going he'd laugh and go whoo 
And yeah, I don't know. Dana wasn't in that. But speaking of Sketchfest, uh, we saw. I've I've had several celebrity sightings mm-hmm. just because. At Sketchfest, once you're done with it, if you stand outside, the secret is if you stand yeah. outside the the theater for like five minutes longer oh. than you should, you will meet half the cast. You, for, you or forget because like comedians. I, I I grew up in Florida with like brand new awful civic centers where you never <laughs> are in contact with the talent. But when you're in San Francisco, you're in all these old timey theaters the where people so wait small. backstage for autographs because <laughs> there's no way out. There's no secret <laughs> underground tunnel other than through the public. Should they find out yeah. where this is, and whenever we go to these big things, it's just like. Hi, hi, Danny Pooty. What? <laughs> yes, I. We had that several times. One came with me and you. We were at uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Mm-hmm. First off, I was talking not not totally nice about Donald Loge and saying like, "Yeah, he was on that show Terrier." Uh, I was saying to uh, your lady friend, mm-hmm. she was like, "Well, who was that guy?" I was like, "That's Donald Loge. He's been in a million things. He was just in that show Terriers, which Jimmy just got canceled." Dow of Steve. Well, things I said, that happened before nineteen ninety nine. I said Terriers got canceled. I heard it was good, but I didn't watch it. Turn around. Oh, Donald Loge, right? Walking behind me to get outside to smoke. Cool. Sorry. Oh, shit. Sorry about that. And then, <laughs> Sorry my friend doesn't know you. And then right after that, we saw John DiMaggio, and I said to you, Chris, like, we got to get him to do a talk radar quote. Just tell him to. I completely did. And you did it, and I I feel bad that we forced it upon him now after <laughs> it, we did yep, it. Yeah. It does always feel awkward, and I hope it I never do one did. again. And then, and then another time, mm-hmm. that happened in the audience with someone who was not, per- for me, for someone who was not performing there. Mm-hmm. And it was one I didn't even know I was near this celebrity until afterwards on social media. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Viva Variety reunion show, which is a show nobody watched at the time, (laughs) is not celebrated. And the joke of it was that Viva Variety, which is like a third of the state, started doing a new show after the state, which was a A fake... A parody of a European variety show. Yeah, a parody of European variety shows. And uh, and so they did a 10... A guy named Johnny Blue Jeans. Johnny Blue Blue Jeans, Jeans. Mr. and the former Mrs. Le Pen. Mm-hmm. And then also Robert Ben Grant was just a utility player, but a co-writer of the mm-hmm. show. All four of them were there, along with Tony Hale, a.k.a. Uh, Artie, the strongest man in the world. That's uh, Toby Huss. Toby Huss. Yeah. Tony uh. Hale's a different guy. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so I see the 10th anniversary show. It was a lot of fun. I was sitting in a small, intimate theater. And uh, and, and then I find, uh, then afterwards I go onto Twitter to see... Oh, what are other people that went to V Variety talking about Search V Variety? Mm-hmm. And one of the tweets is, Robin Williams is in our theater. And he shows a, it's a picture somebody took of the back of Robin Williams' head. And I am sitting behind him, directly <laughs> behind Robin Williams this entire time. And I had no idea. Yeah, Absolutely he does, no he idea. He does live here, doesn't he? he yeah, well, probably. I mean, he owns a lot of houses. Really, mm-hmm, but probably. Yes. Technically, he lives here just like da- Donald Danny Glover, Danny Glover lives here. But, I mean, you know, it does mean you're going to see him every day. Mm. But, yeah, he's just... Robin Williams is a friend of comedy and a comedy mm-hmm. fan. Though some people call him a giant thief who steals from everybody. But he's. Uh, it was crazy to think I was I that grew, close to I grew to him. up on Robin Williams' comedy. Mm-hmm. It's that Mencia thing. Like, if you're really laying claim to incredibly obvious observations <laughs> yes. as your material, mm-hmm. you ever notice all Mexicans are going to build the wall to Mexico? Like, that's a political cartoon. That's like a Leno monologue. Like, mm-hmm. don't claim theft. 
But yeah, it was just I. Hey, I'm the first one that ever made fun of airline food. <laughs> Everyone else loved airline food until I was like, "Hey, I think what they should make the, the whole plane out of the black box." <gasps> I do, honestly, do. One of them. Yeah, Tuesday. Robin Williams was right in front of me. I didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Wow. And then That's one, cool. one, one last sketch festival was that just I said I met Matt Walsh after a show mm-hmm. just cool. to. Matt Walsh, the uh, no, one. No, I said cool, not oh, who. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a Veep, Diana. Yeah, a Veep. I like Matt Walsh. Thank Upright you. Citizens Brigade, all I've that stuff. I've watched The Daily Show since day one. Wow. <laughs> Me too. But yeah, he, if only I had met Vance DeGeneres and Brian, <laughs> and Brian Unger. I saw uh, what I saw him in a movie recently, and I had looked him up. What Brian Unger? Or no, Vance, Vance DeGeneres, and he, yeah. that he is the the brother he is of Ellen brother DeGeneres. Of Ellen, yes. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. I love that guy on The Daily Show. He's, He's fantastic. There's what a, fucking movie was that? He played a newscaster for like two seconds. He's yeah, getting mixed up with Ed Helms. There's a very clear <laughs> yeah. divide on Daily Show of the of their correspondence pre and post Kilborn or yeah, Kilborn. It was a pretty nutty story that Colbert was the only one kept. Everyone else was fired. Yeah, and I, and I still I love the first, like, the Kilborn Daily Show. Like Brian mm-hmm. Unger will pop up on Always Sunny in Philadelphia from time to time. Like, oh, yeah. fuck yeah, he's awesome <laughs> on Daily Show. Uh, but anyway, I, I complimented uh, Matt Walsh and I was like, yeah, you know, you do this podcast about. Uh, Chicago Bears football, which I don't care about at all, but it's very funny. He's like, "Oh, thanks!" And then, then immediately, like some uh, comedy nerd with a tape came up, and was like, "Hey, listen to my tape; it's really cool." And I was like, oh, ah, "I'm just gonna stop annoying." Though I also just I found in general, stand-up comics have no time for 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 another guy telling them how great they are, but we'll have all the time in the world for any woman that wants to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, as we saw with Todd, Todd Barry, like, kind of just stand and wait for a woman to talk to him in, in the hopes... Stand near a woman no, and hope was, they... he was... Uh, let's, you know, hey, very, Todd Barry is a very funny guy. I love him. Comics. He's one of the best comics around. Hey, you're not, really funny. Like, hey, thanks, man. Beeline for women. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're a single comic on the road. You got needs. I don't blame him for however he seemed to act that night. <laughs> Celebrity Encounters, who's got one? Um, well, let's see. We we did see George Lucas once walking around the streets of our neighborhood in San Rafael. George we, Lucas. We were eating crepes and, and looked over. You live in his... You, yeah, you Marin his is his, yeah. his hood. Yeah. He was walking around with a teenage boy. You to live close to George Lucas? Not he that afford, close. can afford to live close to us. Ah, ah yes, yes. You know, I was going to say, like, in terms of embarrassing yourself around comics, at least you never uh, left an elevator with certainty that the man who is now global CEO of Sony is breathing in your fart fumes. Uh, yeah, this, this is a classic yeah. story that not maybe laser time listeners haven't heard. Uh, yeah, sure, classic story, but uh, he's much more visible in terms of Sony yes, now than he so, was even then. So back when, back when uh, the PS3 was about to be released, I went to a big event uh, at the W Hotel where they were showing it off and showing off a bunch of stuff. And so, like, we went to the the W, and then we went to this other satellite area, and then I came back to the W, and I was like riding the elevator up to get my parking validated, and like. There was nobody around, like the the lobby was kind of dead, and it was just me in the elevator, and I farted uh, <laughs> right before I got out, and when the doors like a opened... hilarious sigh. Yeah. Ah. It's just like, oh, nobody's, nobody's here. Nobody's going <laughs> to smell that. It's just going to be, I'm just going to leave here. Elevator doors open. Kaz Hirai <laughs> is standing on the other side, wordlessly gets in as I exit. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god. A guy whose net worth is probably like $500 million now. A guy who, if he ever sees me again, will be like, you're that guy who farted in the elevator. <laughs> I, I actually grew up in fear of that and farting and making and people remember me from like shitting in the bathroom and then I because I, I, I still shed in a bathroom I still don't, I still don't shit in public bathrooms because it was one time I was at gymnastics so I'm wearing a unitard so I'm already very vulnerable and I just I'm shitting and then all of a sudden like butt noises that I don't want to come out and I hear someone and I'm like is anybody in here is it please tell and I'm yelling is anybody in here and I get out and there's just a guy who just looks at me and like yeah there was somebody in here fuck's sake uh, and, I, and that I think, man was I think that, and that man was Ronald Reagan but uh, no it, for some reason that was the first joke name that came to my mind too was it yeah. mine was Abraham Lincoln Abraham Lincoln they're not the same person bathroom. yeah I sure. thought that's how they found president the yeah. same way they find the new slayer uh huh they, they say like one of these uh, objects was yours in a previous life which one was it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that does count as a celebrity yeah um let's see uh, minor celebrity anybody ever heard of a children's book author named uh, Mike Thaler Nope. Mm. He wrote Cream of Creature from the School Cafeteria. Um, Jesus. No. Nope. Anyway, no. Okay. <laughs> well, he, was, he was one of my... It, like wrote, wrote a bunch of terrible joke books and things like that, but he was like my favorite author when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I got tapped to do this thing in my school called the you know the Young Authors uh, event. And like my, my teacher nominated me, and so I like went to this thing at the local community college. And... He was there doing like a seminar and like, you know, entertain a room full of kids, like a giant auditorium. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to show you how to do pig puns. And like, people are just like, you know, suggesting words that like begin with ig or whatever. And he'd like, a pig thing, whatever. And then like, I just said something popped into my head and I blurted it out and it was igthorn. And he's like, What's that? I don't know what that is. Oh, and no. there's like an awkward silence, and a little kid on the other end of the auditorium is like, He's from Gummy Bears! <laughs> and the entire auditorium erupts in laughter. Aww. Wow, is it? Is this traumatizing? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. And then and he's like, Okay, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> who That's, else has one? I definitely have to close up the show with Gummy Bears now. It probably feels really good. But yes, for the, you. the villain from Gummy Bears, Duke Igthorn, mm-hmm. and his name just okay. popped into my head. Uh, yeah. I, oh, he's, he, that, that was the other thing I had to explain myself I'm like what's that it's like, I, I don't know it just popped into my head it just popped into my head kids from gummy bears oh and you couldn't answer him back mm-hmm. you were too afraid to say gummy bears I, I didn't know what it was from oh. it was just a word that popped <laughs> into my head oh With the George Lucas thing, where did you see him? Because my uncle uh, still lives in Marin. He said Uh, said he's seen him, he's seen Lucas at like coffee shops. Yeah. He was just walking down 4th Street in San Rafael. It's like a main Mm -hmm. drag, restaurants, coffee shops. He's short. It's impossible for him to want the things of a normal human yeah, being. He was, he was walking with a teenage boy who I'm going to guess is Jet Lucas, his adopted son, who is much taller than him. Where's Lover? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make any assumptions. All those adopted kids. All I know is like, he was in episode three. He was? Yes. He was a youngling that got shot up when he was trying uh, to jump onto Jimmy Smith's car, wasn't he? He was, he was the one who was actually like putting up a fight. That sounds so the, much uh, more awesome when he put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> the kid who got shot up jumping on Jimmy Smith's car. Yeah, he <laughs> jumped out of that Chrysler... <laughs> Jimmy Smith just blows him away and I don't jump on my car. Yeah, I'm gonna go meet Dexter. Uh, <laughs> I, forgotten Dexter I actually have one other that I actually 
talked to better um, have face to face one other Matt Groening. Whoa, creator really? of The Simpsons was really? the commencement speaker at my college graduation. Wow, wow. He pre- we went to the same college, Evergreen State College in Washington, hence, hence Evergreen, Evergreen Terrace. Terrace. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. wow! And uh, yeah, I actually got to talk to him twice. Uh, the first time, I just kind of came up and shook, shook his hand and introduced myself and like talked for a second. And, like when I was a kid, I remember listening to Prairie Home Companion, and there was. Garrison Keillor had a bit about meeting celebrities and how you should act. Like, don't start talking about all the things you love. Don't gush. Just say, I like your work. Mm-hmm. And and then they'll want to hang out with you. And, <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, yeah, I really like your work. And then, and then like, that was kind of anticlimactic. And like, oh, okay, well, thanks for saying that. And like, went off. And then I went up to him again later and shook his hand. He like had a kind of a quizzical look on his face, like, didn't we already talk? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I just, had, I just want to say, like, the whole thing... You had your shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the you got your one Mac rating yeah. hello in your lifetime, and I'm not <laughs> like, giving you another why, one. Why are you here? Didn't I already give you a free shirt? Anyway. <laughs> um, no, the, the thing is, the commencement ceremony was outside, and it was pouring down fucking rain. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, I just wanted to say... Your speech made it worthwhile sitting out in the rain just to hear. Mm. And he's like, oh, well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Aww. So, yeah, was it, it a was a nice speech? little moment. It was a really good speech. I still have it recorded somewhere. Okay. Hmm. Uh, man, the Matt Groening one. That, I had heard a story through a friend about Matt Groening that it was... So the thing with Comic Book Guy, which... I don't think, honestly, he should take credit for the creation of Comic Book Guy. But mm-hmm. one of the things that happens with him with Comic Book Guy is when he goes to every place and he meets a comic book store owner, mm-hmm. The apparently the thing is for the people who work there to go like, oh, you, you based on this guy, right? It's got to be this comic mm-hmm. store owner. And that was the way it was with the late former owner of the, of the, of the Berkeley comic book shop. Mm-hmm. They asked him, like, you based this guy on, Ro- on uh, Rory, right? And then... And then Matt Groening's response to them was just like, well, yeah, of course, look at this guy. <laughs> but I think he was just fucking around. Like, yeah, what a great... Well, I, I remember some snippets from his speech, and I'm paraphrasing. Like he, he started talking about the things he learned from college, and one of them was that even if you, if, if you have to use a communal refrigerator, even if you write the word poison on your milk in really big <laughs> permanent marker letters, somebody is going to drink it all. <laughs> And but another thing he learned is that it's okay to piss people off if it makes you and your friends laugh. <laughs> and that's been the driving force behind his career. So oh, I tried to make that my personal philosophy. Nice. A couple of weeks ago, you had the one nine hundred numbers laser time. Yes, on. yes. That brought back a memory. I can't believe I had forgotten. What's I met. That? I met Tone Loke. <laughs> A funky wild thing. thing of wild a thing surf and fame. Yes, I met Tone Loke. He was eating alone at a Long John Silver's in Costa Mesa, California, by the DMV. Wow! Double cut, <laughs> double cut, please. Yeah, my, my terrible Tone Loke. That was the worst. Terrible Tone Loke. Yeah, we, right? we were eating there. We see this guy. We're like, wow, that guy looks a lot like Tone Loke. And we're like <laughs> dirtbag teenagers, so we're just like gonna go bother some random black guy. We're like, hey, are you Tone Loke? <laughs> and he says. <laughs> You know, like, oh, uh, yes, I am. And, of course, that voice is so recognizable yeah. that we're like, oh, fuck, it is Don Loke. Why is he eating alone at a Long John Silver? <laughs> 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 now I feel really bad. Uh, uh, can we get your autograph? I like I the cracklings. <laughs> Hush puppies are the best. Wow, that's, that's so funny. You say that brought back one I didn't even think of until until you just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Then. Uh, so at an airport, 
uh, my brother and I had land had gotten back. Uh, our family had flown back, and we landed in Je- the Jacksonville airport, and we were uh, waiting to like get to our car or mm-hmm. something. And the guy, this guy, was sitting at the uh, at, like the rental car area on the phone on a cell phone, which not everybody had cell phones back then, so we, it was Ooh. it was a standout thing. But then we saw him; he was this overweight bald guy, and then. I said to my brother, like, does that look like Matt Pinfield? <laughs> the host of 120 Minutes wow. on and Headbangers Ball on MTV. And we were just thinking about, like, could that be Matt? Why would Matt Pinfield be here? Every fat bald guy looks like well, Matt Pinfield. And, well, and then I said out loud in front of him, which I, I think it's funny. I said it'd have to make my brother laugh, but without realizing that he could hear me, I said... He looks fatter on TV. I don't think that's him. And I hope, I really hope he didn't hear me because then later I found out, like talking with somebody, that Matt Pinfield is a is a Jacksonville like local celebrity because his girlfriend of the time lived there. Like I had several friends were like, oh yeah, I served Matt Pinfield at my waiter job. Like Matt Pinfield's here all the time. Like Mm -hmm. so. Like that was definitely Matt Pinfield, and I, I and I love well, Matt. Pinfield. If you say he looks fatter on TV, that means he looks pretty trim right now. Yeah, or maybe I said he yes. looks fatter in person than he does. I on bet TV. he I was just shorter. Him. He's just as fat. Well, he was sitting down, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Matt Pinfield is great. Like yeah, I, he, is, he was yeah. great. Just totally unpresentable for television, mm-hmm. but a deep knowledge and love for what he was talking about which I swear to Christ you don't see from people hired to be talking heads yeah. now no. he was way he was the Wikiparas of his he day was. he was <laughs> he, he was. was I can self-aggrandize for a second he was way better than Ricky who was the shitty Ricky host Ricky Rackman Ricky Rackman fuck yeah. that guy yeah, he was annoying he was like a f- yeah he was only had that fucking job because he was like friends with Axl Rose like yep. good Fuck that guy. He's in the November Rain video. Is he like the half-retarded guy who won the chance to be a VJ? No, No. you're thinking Jesse Camp. That's Jesse Camp. Sorry, got it. Yeah, (laughs) although there was a runner-up who deserved the job more who, like, people were saying, like, we already have one Matt Pinfield. We don't need another one. Dave Holmes, uh, Dave Holmes, and he was got just it on the show channel all the time. Anyway, yeah, yeah. He, he ended up like working there longer than Jesse Camp. Yeah, <laughs> oh, far longer. Mm-hmm. Jesse Camp like turfed out immediately. Mm-hmm. Though also, I was I was shocked to find out like six years ago that like David Holmes is gay and mm-hmm. that he didn't even come out. That he's just been gay this whole time. Right. He just never talked about it. Good for him. And, and playing an extremely gay character on Reno 911. <laughs> yes, that's I, true. I remember with Jesse Camp that Dan mm-hmm. Savage wrote a thing about like uh, this kid is clearly anorexic. MTV, you have to do something. It's like he wasn't anorexic. He was a <laughs> Junkie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <that's true. laughs> hey guys, me Jesse. Wow. He was ba- he was like the DD Ramon of his, <laughs> except far less accomplished. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Yeah. No, I actually seen a whole bunch of celebrities in airports. So I used to go through LAX a lot. It's a good mm-hmm. slow. Oh, especially you, you at LAX. Do end up yeah. Why were you going through people? LAX a lot? Because I live down near oh, in LA. I didn't and know it's that. Cheaper to go through there than John Wayne Orange County Airport. Is that where well, I, the airport but, uh, I go to get to Disney World? Probably land, the little land. one. I don't know. It's the littler one, not LAX, but a little. There's Santa also Anna. a Burbank airport. And there's Burbank. There's Long Beach. Mm. Yeah, there's a ton of airports. I have flown to Long Beach Airport. That mm. is hysterical. It looks like a little tiny GTA Vice City, uh, bright blue <laughs> airport with four terminals <laughs> that I could I could easily climb. <laughs> what LA celebrity? But, have you uh, let's see, LAX. Um, I, it's another one I had almost forgotten about. Now, the, this is the third time I've told this story today. Mm-hmm. first I told it to Michael, then my mom called, and I had to tell it to her to remind her of it. <laughs> so this is number three. Um, so my mom came to pick me up coming back from college, so I'd be like 1920, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it was in 1920, the actual year. Yes. That's, the I'm roaring old. 20s. 
Yep, I got so, off of the gyrocopter. And, and <laughs> we landed somewhere in the Great Depression. Yep. You wearing any bobby socks and classic flapper outfit? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Raccoon skin coat? Yes. College mm-hmm. pennant on your hand? Yep. <laughs> Eating a goldfish. <laughs> Bamboo cane. <laughs> My straw boater was at a jazzy angle, see? <laughs> <laughs> We were walking through the terminal, and, you know, I just got off the plane, and she's telling me about stuff, about, like, okay, we have to go get the car, and, uh, you know, your brother's going to be there, we're going to get some dinner later, and, oh, hi, Nicholas, and then we're going to do this, and there's a, and as she said, oh, hi, Nicholas, I came within about two feet of smashing into Nicholas Cage. Really? Yeah. What? So... There's yeah part part one and two of his story. Pardon me, little girl. <laughs> I almost smashed face first into Nicolas Cage, and that my mom said hi to him while no one broke a stride at all. Oh hi, we just, oh hi, Nicholas. And so we're gonna have dinner at about seven uh, after your dad gets home from work, and we're still walking through this big ass crowd. I'm like, I, wait, what? I think that shows a wonderful her commitment to being a mom was. I'm not going to let this moment pass, but I need to do it quickly. <laughs> well, is your Hello, mom Nicholas. just so L.A. that she's like, oh, hey, Nicholas, anyway. Is that, I guess so. Is that how it works when you're famous? People just, hey, first name. Well, yeah, that's how powerful, that's a proof of power. When you're just but like, but I, I didn't look back to see, did he stop and look confused about, like, who, who, who is, who, which who, of my friend what? is here? Where? What? <laughs> That's the worst Nicholas King ever. Oh, this is right back before he went for I'm a sexy cat. I'm a sexy cat. I'm a sexy cat. God damn it. With that sexy cat nonsense, we're going to jump into break real quick. Do a little plugging. Tell you some cool stuff. I'm serious. Don't fucking fast forward this shit or you're not allowed to listen to the rest. And oh boy, do I have to. Guys, guys, can I say thanks for listening? Thanks for listening to Laser Time this week. Thank you for everything. Thank you for responding. Uh, thank you for responding so well in the comments for the fired episode. I was hoping we could maybe readdress that with some of your feedback. And the same thing I hope for this episode. Who doesn't have an awkward celebrity encounter? Most people do, and we have many. Also, want to thank you guys for supporting the Laser Time Hate Pack commentaries. They are available for another. What is this? Another eight days. Eight days. May 20th, they will go away. But right now, if you uh, go to lasertimepodcast.com and click on our PayPal button and donate $5, uh, you can get three three full-length feature commentaries for X-Men Origins Wolverine, um, Godzilla 98, and, of course, Planet of the Apes 2001. These are our least favorite movies from one of our favorite series. We call, That's why we're calling it The Hate Pack, the movies we hate from Century from franchises we otherwise revere. I love Planet of the Apes so much, I can't wait. Did you see that new Dawn trailer? I wrote up way too much about it on lasertimepodcast.com this week. Uh, but yeah, you go there, you can donate whatever you want. If you donate anything, one cent to four ninety nine, you will get you will get Godzilla and X-Men Origins Wolverine. If you donate anything over $5, you will guarantee yourself you will get the Planet of the Apes commentary too. But you can also go there each week. Um, we're writing up the new releases of the week. You can see uh, upcoming video game pre-orders through Amazon. It's the cheapest, easiest way to support us. You just shop through the um, internet's leading online retailer and you can support us there. But yeah, click around, write some articles. I, I asked a bunch of you last week if you wanted to write for us. I, a lot of you got back to us and I can't wait to start putting some some of those into reality. I've been writing a lot more. I wrote up I wrote up some really stupid shit about community being rescued. God, that was depressing. I love that show so much. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, go to lasertimepodcast.com. You can find more podcasts through us. I appreciate your support. Cape Crisis, Vigigame Apocalypse, VG Empire, and Cheap Podcasts. There's a new episode of that up right now on the front page. So go to lasertimepodcast.com and it would really help us out. We, we want to grow ourselves. And I want to do some stuff in the meantime that just involves hanging out with you guys and doing stuff uh, online. Just hanging out. I got some downtime. You know that by now. Laser Time Hate Pack Commentaries, lasertimepodcast.com. Donate. Thank you. Good night. Laser Time, second segment. All aboard. Let's go. Okay, celebrity encounters. You know, I forgot Bob Odenkirk, a Bob Odenkirk of mine. This was also at Sketchfest. Wait, where I just wanted to get this Bob one. Odenkirk of mine. I'm going to get mine out of the way because I'm not going to be able to chime in anymore. Oh, 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 oh sweet Bob Odenkirk of mine. <laughs> <laughs> because I made I made the sad choice of like, um, really liking comedians and comics. Not the sad choice, sorry, the unfortunate what? choice. Uh, but but like when you when you meet comics, they're already a little weird. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. like so, maybe if I like liked a pop star, like oh, Mandy Moore was really nice to me, <laughs> but that's those aren't the people I chose to look up to. And um, I remember the comedians of comedy toured through Tallahassee. No, there's no comedy club in Tallahassee. Yep, at all. You have to be Larry the Cable Guy and play the Civic Center, <laughs> or the first time like Chuckle Hut. Well, they they played they they were playing rock clubs. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. There's a whole that documentary about, different it. about comedy comedians comedy because mm-hmm. yeah, my local show you can only see it at the local the comedy zone i even remember the jingle the comedy zone the comedy zone we had one for a little while it had the twilight zone logo yeah it was basically the twilight zone logo that's where i saw david tell with my family and that when it it show it reminded me what the comedy scene was there because number one he was the opener was a guy who like blatantly stole blatantly stole from uh oh fuck the guy who dennis leary stole everything from bill hicks bill hicks the guy who was stealing Total Bill Hooks things, mm-hmm. and then in between him and David Tell were ads for upcoming things, and like three hypnotists. Three hypnotists. <laughs> then David Tell even had to point out, he's like, "Well, you guys really like your hypnotists. What's the deal with it?" Anyway, comedians of Merlin, comedy. Uh, uh, com- well, it it was comedians of comedy, so it wasn't just that like Tallahassee got no stand, no comics. Mm-hmm. Other than like I, I think maybe like a, a, a once a year for college there'd be like a comic who would play the Civic Center mm-hmm. and a venue he normally wouldn't play as large of yeah if it weren't I don't know I know there's the, never mind uh, it's the only time we got comics and it happened to be fucking comics that I loved dearly like uh, so you don't get anything for years and in one cheap show you get Patton Oswalt Brian Post and Maria Bamford and Zach Galifianakis Fuck fucking yeah. neat. Fucking neat. Uh, so, I, and it's a rock club, and they're all they're, they are hanging out afterwards. So, oh, you know who's the most recognizable person in the universe? Brian Posen. He's six hundred feet tall, uh, has a very distinctive look, yes. and let's just say stands out in front of a bunch of uh, eighteen to twenty year olds. <laughs> and uh, and I see him, and I'm like, dude, I big fan. Can I buy you a beer? And he's like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and then I'm like, uh, two beers, please. And he's like, and he just grabs it, 
thanks and like immediately hustles away like, like, <laughs> I, I think in my head like doesn't that obligate you to like say one more thing to yeah. me <laughs> just like, one sentence. have the, the most cursory conversation <laughs> I, met, I met his TV boyfriend at E3 I recently saw that picture for some reason Did really that up? came up well, yeah. Yeah. Tower, I saw that picture he towers over you in he that does. picture he does he makes me look tiny and I'm six feet tall yeah, yeah. I, that that's exactly what I took I away from really it as well. <laughs> you look really tiny. Yeah, like I think this Lion and Sarah Silverman program, uh, the two orange Goliaths, like that is the perfect <laughs> way to describe them. <laughs> so, it, it, but then I meet uh, Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. I meet Patton Oswalt, and um, he is way shorter than you could ever imagine. He's adorable. He could mm-hmm. live inside of a plastic Easter egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he is very, very short. And so, like, I think I'm leaning down. To talk. It's a club, so I'm leaning down to talk to him uh, and say <laughs> hi. And he's very gracious and he's very nice. And then the next day, there's a blog that goes. He writes a blog. They're writing. A, they're blogging the whole tour because right. the internet is new and they're not doing comedy clubs. Let's see how mm-hmm. this goes and making a documentary. And he's like, Tallahassee, you were great. Even all you like something along the lines of even all you tall drunk people who blew drunk spit in my face <laughs> and it's like that's not necessarily me but I'm still fucking sure I'm still sure it's me and, and then it's well the, given the way you just described it it's probably also everyone else who tried to talk to him exactly exactly I know my, my friend shit I don't remember what it was but like they were big D&D fans and they got him to like what's your character and they were taking bets on what his character was, and he was really cool. He was really cool. I wasn't with them when they asked him. He was, oh, yeah. he was just hanging out the whole time. Uh, and then the next time, I, I went to Tampa mostly to see Doug Stanhope, mm-hmm. who's you know still one of my favorite comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was having like really bad back issues. I'm in Tampa, and like my fucking back is fucking killing me. And I'm, I really would like to go see this comic and not be in pain. <laughs> and my friends girlfriend's like here's some pills and I, <laughs> nothing's changed like you all that's all you have to say to me like <laughs> here's some pills here's some pills oh cool continue drinking oh, and, then, and then like show's great uh um it's great i remember uh brendan walsh ex- ex- wait, is that not brendan small oh. uh, not brendan small brendan walsh exploded uh on a woman saying "shut your cunt," that was a that was a great moment to us. Uh, literally, if you get to go to a comedy show, like it's like it's such a hack comic thing to discuss. But the bachelorette party, I actually yes. got to be at a show no. with the bachelorette party, and they were fucking awful in ruining the show. They're always awful at comedy mm-hmm. shows. And Brendan Walsh yelled at them, worse. and it was like amazing. It's starting with "shut your cunt." Uh, <laughs> that was awesome, and. So I'm like, wow, it's great. And uh, oh, Stan Hope's over there, and I'll like sign CDs and shit. And like, well, fuck yeah, I'll go over there. And like, and then I real. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was like, oh, beyond the two drink minimum, strange pills that alleviate pain. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm like, and I'm like, shit. Because I'm not drunk. And I'm not drunk. And he's like, oh, I'm, I, I'm like, shit, sorry. I took a bunch of weird back pills and stand up. I was like, ah, it's okay, man. You're just drunk. You're just drunk. It's fine. <laughs> And then, like, no, you don't have to make and, like, blue excuses. To like, me. I'm not drunk. He's like, don't even worry about it. I'm like, this is even worse. <laughs> this is even worse. Fuck. Let's get this over with. So, as a result of those meetings with people I deeply respect, I do not encounter celebrities. I have been in yeah. uh, in events. That's pretty much how I, where I like. I don't want to even where I have to interview them. Like, let's do the job. Like, I'm not going to talk yeah. to you, even if I like you, Robert yeah. Kirkman. Like. Nothing to say. I got nothing to say to you until the camera rolls, mm-hmm. and then we get, 
Yeah, and then I, we'll talk. I, I especially don't like asking for autographs. Mm-hmm. I've just, I don't. Won't do it. I don't do no, it. Well, no. what are you going to do with that anyway? Mm-hmm. Well, just keep it and be like, yay. But, I mean, it was especially because I had a really, really, really awkward experience asking for an autograph from my friend. We were, like, 16 years old Mm -hmm. and volunteering for AMFAR uh, in L.A., and they had an event at the Director's Guild, and they had a lot of uh, music folks were there. It was pretty cool. And it was, you know, all this music-related art and Rolling Stone stuff and whatever. And um, Timothy Leary was there. And... Mm. Um, she really wanted his autograph and didn't want to go up to him. So finally, I went up to him and asked him to sign the program. Dr. Timothy Leary? Dr. Timothy Leary, <laughs> Godfather of Acid. Godfather yes. of Acid, yeah. Um, the problem was, he's, you know, probably in his 70s by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get him to sign the program, program had this really psychedelic art by the Beatles um, that they sent to Monterey, the Monterey Pop Festival, because they were supposed to play and they didn't play. Mm-hmm. That's when we're like... Hendrix set his guitar on fire. Yeah. It's fucking awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this crazy psychedelic art. I walk up to him like, um, hi, Dr. Leary. Uh, I was, I, I hope you're having a nice time. Thanks for coming, supporting us. I was wondering if I could get your autograph. And I give it to him. And I don't know what the fuck drugs this man was on, <laughs> but he just stared at it forever. Wow, man. <laughs> just freaking out over the art, man. Yeah. And he's with this woman who's like 35, maybe, and laughing yeah, hysterically gross. at anything anyone says. Like, <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> It and is, then is how he old are finally you? sixteen, seventeen, wow. maybe. Then now here's where that comes into play because then he he finally signs it. He gives it back and he says, "Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, I'm really having a good time at your party." Whoa! Yeah. That guy was using his own. I have no idea what fry. he was. using. Maybe he's not. His using His brain anything. could still be fried from that Who point. The but fuck he was using. Knows, he but was apparently, using... I own the DGA and I get to invite people to parties. <laughs> he was. He was a uh, man. That guy is a, I, the best Timothy Lear story that ever existed. He was a doctor who advocated using LSD for psychiatric treatment of mentally crazy people or something. And he for also, all kinds of shit. And then, of course, he ends up going to jail. I think, man, they destroyed the original formula for LSD. It used to be slightly healthy, and now is like strychnine and mm. crazy stuff that'll that could kill you in large doses, and you mm. don't take acid in large doses. So, kids, yeah. take acid. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, 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 the best story is like, you know, of course, he goes to prison after all this, and mm-hmm. like he wrote the psychiatric test for the prison. <laughs> so, so oh. got himself put in minimum security and fucking escaped. <laughs> Tim, for, for that, Timothy Leary is a fucking god. That's that so cool. Great. Back to the Brian Posehn thing he told me. It, uh, he, he just mentioned it. Reminded me of. I heard him talk about wanting to be a good person to meet, or him feeling bad. He's at every Comic Con. Well, him just feeling bad about being a bad mm-hmm. celebrity to meet because he said when he was a kid. Uh, well, so he had heard a story. Somebody had told him a story where he was at a party and someone came up to him like, "Hey, man, I like Mr. Show." And then he said, "Like, yeah, me too." And then turned away. Jesus, hey. and, and which just seems very so posted. And, and he re- he regretted that. He said because when he was a kid, he met Al Franken, and he said Al Franken was a total dick to him, even though he was a big Al Franken fan. No. Which uh, I you know never that, meet your heroes, kids. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. Yeah. The L.A. thing uh, also, I remember now leaving, uh, you know, the E3, the Electronic Expo, uh, takes place in L.A. And so you leave out of LAX when you go home. And I don't think I've ever met an actual celeb celebrity at 
on the show floor at E3, you hear rumors like, oh, Steven Spielberg is walking around, Robin Williams, but <laughs> I'd never seen him. Though I did meet uh, Joe Quesada, of the, the editor-in-chief of yeah. Marvel at the time. Yeah. CEO now. But then when I was on the plane, which faced about an hour of delays, we were stuck on the tra- flight for an hour. The guy was in front of me, and this is one of these things like where if you, if you meet an African-American person who might look like a celebrity, <laughs> you do think to yourself, like, am Wait I being second. racist and assuming that just because this guy looks like Sinbad, it is Sinbad? It turns I, out it is Tone Loaf. I, <laughs> I came down on my girlfriend so hard at a local movie theater and like, is that Dave Chappelle? And like, I'm not wearing glasses. That's the most racist shit I've ever heard. Do not go over there and ask that guy if he's Dave fucking Chappelle. How embarrassing. And then like everybody walked out of the theater like, we watched, we watched Bridesmaids with Dave Chappelle. We totally did. He was very clearly there. He tweeted from the event. And, uh, and it was. Well, so that was what I felt better at the end. I was like, that really looks like Sinbad sitting in front of me in coach. And I was like, yeah, Sinbad's poor enough to be in coach these days. Hey, stop it. But, uh, but then... I felt more I felt more secure when a, an African American person near me said like we were on a flight with Sinbad. I was like, all right, if he thought it was Sinbad too, I feel <laughs> I feel safe in this. I I, lay, I did my research and saw he was performing in the area, so I do believe Sinbad. You flew Sinbad. Wow. I need to uh, I need to figure out who was at last year's E3 because I'm not sure who it was. It was a guy who looked like he might have been Lil Wayne, but I'm not <laughs> sure. But at at one point, I was like standing over in EA's booth, uh, over by the Battlefield Four uh, kiosks, waiting to talk to somebody. And all of a sudden, this huge burly dude in a suit just very gently but firmly grabs me by the shoulders, pivots me about a foot to the left, and said, "Could you stand here, please?" I'm like, uh, "Okay." And then like this phalanx of identically dressed wow. dudes with like a rap, some rapper looking guy, and some chick next to him, like just were walking through the booth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, okay, that's rolling with some pretty fucking heavy security right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, don't, you don't, you still don't know who it was, though. I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, I never bothered to find that out. That was a uh, little Thomas. I well, think if you just roll with a ton of security, mm-hmm. you become famous no sure. matter what. Mm-hmm. Put a velvet rope around something. Yeah. I just well, remember mm-hmm. it was like some dude with like maybe uh, chin length dreads and a ball cap, and <laughs> it was MC Chin Length. Sure, <laughs> sure. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't a person I recognized. <laughs> I did get to meet... Well, so at Comic-Cons, though, basically part of Comic-Con is that it's a B-celebrity zoo. Like well, that's, just, but that, Comic-Con stand, is set aside, so you do meet people. Yeah, there are you areas stand in line to then see a caged celebrity or someone you've heard of. Like, <laughs> Throw peanuts at him. Yeah, they're stuck at this table. They got to sign this shit. Mm-hmm. It's part of promotion. Mm-hmm. And it's it. I, you feel bad for them, and you can have no like honest exchange mm-hmm. with with them. Mm-hmm. You just go mm-hmm. like, hey, you, you wait in line. This is why I've kind of... St- I definitely... I stopped standing in line over a decade ago for, for most stuff mm-hmm. because it is just like, well, what am I going to say? You're cool. Thanks for signing this comic book. Goodbye. Yeah. And then when it's like B-movie celebrity, I, I could not stand two comic cons ago where I couldn't get to a different booth from from my <laughs> home booth right. because the cast of Vampire Fucking Diaries hey. was, was got a buddy signing. That works in that show, they though. were signing at the Warner Brothers booth. So I'm like, I don't care at all who these people are, security guard. I don't give two shits. Let me just walk two booths over, please. <laughs> I the, the I no, hate those celebrities. The, the saddest one I ever saw was uh, at WonderCon a few years ago. 
there was this table with this little old lady sitting there, and I saw her, and then I like looked up at the board behind her, and it's like, meet Lois Lane from the 1950s Superman show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Was it Noel Neal? Possibly. It's very know. sad. Probably is. I time, think she's still alive. Literally, time is running out. Because <laughs> because you respect them, and you go like, yeah, you did a good thing, but I, but I don't care it's like well why why like you're you're supposed to be enjoying your retirement why are you here yeah social security don't pay so much if he is still alive there is nobody sadder at those comic cons than richard keel no he is definitely dead is he definitely dead what i don't know richard has to be dead I Gigantism not... hasn't felled him yet. Yeah, seriously. At least uh, as of a couple of years was, ago, he was half dead in Pappy Gilmore. But like, he he looks know. he looks dead. He looks mm. miserable. I think Peter hey, Richard, Richard is Keel still alive too. Right? Played uh, Jaws and James Bond. Right. Yeah. And, and yes. Ega, the movie Ega. Ega. Stemlo. Watch out for snakes. Have you ever looked at his website? No, he's, he's like Richard Keel. Richard Keel has a website. Yes, I looked at it years ago, and he'd like written a book about Cassius Clay. He's totally still alive. Not, not, not Muhammad Ali, but like the the guy that Muhammad Ali was originally named after, who's like oh. this abolitionist in like the 18th, 19th century. I forget wow. which. And and he was like just super passionate about this, like all these pleas about like you, the America needs to know the story of Cassius Clay. <laughs> Wow, okay. okay. Wow. Keel wrote that? Yes. Huh. And I uh, also Comic-Con stuff, I remember getting shoved out of the way. So um, uh, so Seth Rogen and Jamie Franco could get to the signing for uh, tr- their weed movie. Oh, uh, of course, yeah. yeah. Pineapple Express. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't really like, I don't really like security guards at, at yeah, the conventions. Like the, the ones that are the private security. They have to be careful. I mean, these celebrities are very important people. I know. Like, I also don't like strangers suddenly touching me and moving me out of the way. That's, mm. And that's an excellent point. Because, and I think that's why we would get so mad. Because mm. I was... Whole, that was my home booth too at Comic Con. Yes, they constantly yeah, blocked. Same year, yeah. And it's and it's like it's their job to keep these people safe and get them to where they need to go. But moving me aside as if I am someone who could commit an offense or approach this yeah, person, yeah, and I'm yeah. and like, and you do feel the audacity to like, assume that I care that you're moving Steven Seagal uh-huh. <laughs> through through yeah. the. I mean, the exhibition yeah. center. I yeah. do not give a shit. Please do not shove me out of the way mm-hmm. and, and make yeah. it like literally yeah. display how like, much more important I'm, you think yeah, he is than I'm me. I'm just standing here minding my own business. <laughs> but I have I've met comic book artists who are celebrities to me, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. they aren't that important. Like I've gone to say Aaron Lopesti and Rick. Uh, 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 yeah, and uh, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Palmiotti, guys who don't matter, and then also the guy who they, they're great people. That, but also, I went to the table; it was a free table in Artist Alley um, that had uh, Paul Chadwick, the creator of the series Concrete, which is a great, great series. Mm-hmm. And I got, I just bought some comics from him. He's selling himself along with sketches, but I didn't want to pay for a sketch, so I just bought the comics from him. And then he, uh, my friend who's next to me, is like, "Well, what is concrete?" And then I start explaining what the the plot of the of the comic. I'm like, I feel like a, this feels really wrong to be just explaining this guy's comic in front of him. And so then I just kind of trailed off. Was like, you know, it's a comic about a concrete dude who's stuck in this weird alien body, and he. Um, with celebrity and stuff. Oh. Anyway, yeah, well, let's what? go. Sitting here, I almost feel like we're playing cards, and I'm like holding on to my best ones. <laughs> oh, really? Before you get that out, uh, just, I just like, want to say, oh, here's some comic guys. Richard comic Keel. Guys. Oh yeah. 
Richard Keel is not only very much alive, he starred in uh, 1999's Inspector Gadget. Could oh, Can you guess what character he played? Chin. Can you guess what character he played in James Bond? Jaws. Not the name. Now describe him. Because he played in Inspector Gadget, a character called Famous Big Guy with Silver Teeth. That's right. <laughs> wow. I, I did not wow. know that. Yeah, that's right. I remember reading <laughs> that now. That. Boo. Did not know that. We have a whole laser time double episode about... Uh, Famous Big Guy with Silver No, it, about, about live-action adaptations of cartoons. Oh, oh yeah. It was a rare two-part. It took two episodes one. to get out because we did I, it in order of lowest rank on... Uh, I didn't even to get to be rank. on that one. I was so pissed I off. I didn't think you'd be able to offer anything. Oh, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> uh, last Comic-Con one, or two two more Comic-Con ones I want to tell really quick. Then I got uh, my first Comic-Con exper- or Comic Convention experience, not San Diego Comic-Con. Mm was as like a 12-year-old who had just gotten into comics. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in line to get... I was a big fan of Rick Leonardi. Mm-hmm. He had drawn... Uh, his biggest stuff to me was that he had drawn some symbiote suit issues of Amazing Spider-Man, which were really cool. And were just now part of my collection. I was a huge Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man fan. And now he had just started drawing Spider-Man 2099, which I was really excited for. So I stand in line to get him to sign it. And he's next to Jimmy Palmiotti, who would later go on to be one of, a big name in mm-hmm. in comics, but was pretty much nobody at the time. And so he signed, uh, Leonardo was signing my book, and he was just like, do you know who I am? And, and then, or I forget exactly what came up or like why that? he asked. No, he said it in kind of a friendly way. I'm the jerk in this story. Mm-hmm. But he asked in kind of a friendly way about, like, do I know who he is or something? Mm-hmm. Or then I said, like, well, I know you're way more famous. You've been around longer and are way more famous than Jimmy Palmiotti. And, oh, and, my God. And then Rick looked at him, and I was like, and he said, I don't know which of us should be more, <laughs> uh, be more insulted by that. But he still signed my book. He was a cool That's guy to sign all, my book. But you know what? You embarrass yourself, Hank. You <laughs> yes. did a bad thing. Naughty, yeah. naughty. Yeah. <laughs> but you are now a story that they tell to one another every time they see one another in a comic book. Remember that kid in the and glasses You can, you can literally go up to both of them and tell them that was you, and they will remember you. <laughs> and I got Michael Chabon to sign a book, which was really yeah. cool. But wow. he, uh, Because he, was, he did a panel just about how much he... Loves comic books, and, and he he's a big comic book nerd. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just read in his books, Matt Fraction at the panel, who was the co-panelist with him, who's a great comic writer, he writes the Hawkman book right now. You want to save this for Cape Crisis? Anyway, Mike, <laughs> Michael Chabon was on the thing, and he brought up how when he was reading in the book um, Wonder Boys, there's a brief mention at the beginning that the, the main character's wife works for a law firm called Reed and Richards, and he said when he read that, he was like, oh, yeah, this is guy's a comic nerd. And mm-hmm. this was before Cavalier and Clay even mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. So I stood in line to get him to sign stuff. And, and I bought books. And I also thought, like, hey, I know he lives in Berkeley. I live in Berkeley. But I won't bring it up. But, like, yeah, we're both Berkeley guys. And he was signing my books. And I wanted to tell him how much I really identified with, like, Cavalier and Clay and Mysteries of Pittsburgh. And I'm about to tell him how important those books are to me and how impressed I think he'll be that I have a first edition of Mysteries of Pittsburgh. That then he's, I'm wearing a, a Fantastic Four shirt. He's wearing a Silver Surfer shirt. Mm-hmm. And then, but he has like four kids with him. Mm-hmm. His four kids and, and the youngest kid who seems like five or six just looks at my shirt and he's like, hey, dad, you have that shirt. And then <laughs> and I was like, and he says, yeah, yeah, I do. And I was like, well, it glows in the dark. I said, well, close in the dark. And then 
Michael just looked at his kids and were like, isn't that cool? It closed in the dark. And he was like, yeah. And then I, I thought, you know, this conversation's over. You can just, just like, <laughs> this, is, I, this already turned out to be the worst. Yeah, well, then, and then his six-year-old kid ran off because he saw, like, a Jedi, a guy, two Jedis walking. He's like, Jedi, oh, my God. <laughs> his kid seemed cool, but, yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I, so I just did a quick thing and just say, like, your books are really cool. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. All right. I got three cards to play. All right. All right. All right, card number three. I snuck into the Independent Spirit Awards. Really? Wow. This was back before you're, 9-11. You're so fucking cool, Diana. Thank you. Before <laughs> 9-11, with a fake press pass, you could get into anything. I was behind the scenes at the Oscars the day before the Oscars. They let me wow. wander around. Wow. Um, I was coming out of a port john and Jada Pinkett Smith's car almost ran me over. She wow. wasn't driving, but I could see it was her in the backseat. She's driving her down. kids in this giant stretch limo. Um, yeah, but then I, I went across town. I broke into the Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, talked to Reese Witherspoon, who's very pretty in person. Mm. Talked to Chris Cooper, who was pretty cool. He was wow, really? actually talking, you know, to some dumb college kid. Is the from... they at the Independent Spirit Awards? Were they not like the biggest people in the universe at this they point? Not in pre. If it's pre nine eleven, they're not that famous. Oh, yeah, so this, Reese would be, this would be in two thousand. Is famous for that Red Riding Hood movie. Fuck, what was it called? She would, Freeway. She, Freeway. Freeway. Uh, that's a good movie. She Freeway. would have been in an election by this point. Oh, yeah, I think it was so around good. that time. But the 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 best part was uh, Robert Altman. I got to talk to Robert oh, Altman for real. Oh, for real. Wow. Did he and hit on He you? was pissed. He what? had just lost every award that his movie was nominated for because it was Cookie's Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> but he just started slagging off on the concept of independent films and how it's all a bunch of bullshit. It's all the same money. They just do this for awards wow. and prestige. And it was just being a dick. Awesome. And I was like, thank you, Mr. Altman. This, that's such a great memory oh, of the man. Oh, so good. Yeah, oh, that's, that's so how cool. I remember him. Being, an ang- <laughs> being old, a pissed off loser. He's an angry old bastard just <laughs> sitting there. Just, fuck. <laughs> oh, Robert Altman. That's yeah. fucking... That's, that, that and Jada Pinkett Smith. And Jada Pinkett Smith almost ran me over. That's, that, Reese Witherspoon is gorgeous is like, in person. Uh, that's the mm. one I'm je- like... Oh, I'm kind of jealous. Because <laughs> uh, there, was, there was one... The opportunity I turned down, and you'll understand this, Hank... Uh, because all the comedian stuff had happened to me, and I had an opportunity at one point to go to a signing with Kurt Vonnegut, who's oh, one of my favorite wow. authors. And there was just wow. there was just one. Oh shit! There's just one. There was I. I was re- if you can believe this, I was really into books. <laughs> and every author has a fucking horrible story about meeting Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> Everybody does. And like and so, you had said it early, and that's what set it off. It was it was an interview with Terry Gross, and there, I don't remember the author, and. He's like, just, you know, he was talking about meeting people, and he's like, but it's because I feel awkward, so never meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. He's like, and Terry's like, well, I bet you had some bad experiences. Do you not have to name any names? He's like, I'm not going to name any names. Kurt Vonnegut. And then somebody out there will care about this. Hank Will, the amazing Colossal Episode guy, yes. guy has a super memorable story written yeah. by Kevin Murphy about, about meeting thing. Kurt Vonnegut and the idea of, like, you want to go... What are you doing later? Do you want to get together? And he's like, no, nah, that's okay. I have all these plans. And then went to a restaurant and saw Kurt Vonnegut sadly drinking alone. <laughs> who turned down the opportunity to do anything with him in order to look miserable by himself. <laughs> uh, I love yeah, he's legendarily terrible. I, I have gotten just, more just cool with that. Just a surely son of a bitch. Yeah. Just didn't want to talk to you. But awesome. I've, I've yeah, met one so person one of my favorites, but, at, yeah. at a book signing. Uh, mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell. 
Wow. Oh, for his, his uh, autobiographical book, If Chins Just Could Kill. kill. I bet it, and I bet he's really cool, right? He Which, is really cool. And, that book and, like, was, he, he, it was in Medford, Oregon, where he lives and where I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, like, like I, I bought a copy of the book like a week in advance and was reading it. And there's a chapter in there where he talks about, <laughs> there's, there's a bit in uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, I think, where uh, he stands up and he says the line, Work shed! But if you notice, like his lips don't move. It's like the line was dubbed in afterwards. It was like I I never said this line. It was really strange. <laughs> and so when we get there, uh, he like you know gives a talk uh, beforehand, does some Q and A, and then it's time to get the book signed. And they give you a little post it note saying like if you want him to write anything, write it down here. Mm-hmm. And so I just wrote the word workshed really big. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, did you read that chapter in my book? I'm like, Yeah, I totally did. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know who yeah. was the editor of that book and who shepherded it into existence? Who Please was John Hodgman? Really? Yeah, he has he one of Judge Hod, John Hodgman's earliest works that he he did was on uh, This American Life was about his work as a former book editor publisher for Penguin, and he talks about how he was like the biggest. Uh, fan, uh, like this huge Bruce Campbell nerd, and he just thought to himself. Everybody wants to write a book, and I could meet my favorite one of my favorite actors if I just say, "Let's have a meeting about a book you'd like to write," with no plans <laughs> of ever producing that book. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out that he actually really wanted to do the book, and so then they ended up doing it together. And it's this whole awesome just um, uh, episode. It's about meeting celebrities and being a fan of oh. this celebrity on. Uh, as a This American Lifestyle piece and him just saying like man you're so cool and 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 I try not to be a crazy fan but like you know would you say a quote from Evil Dead? <laughs> and then Bruce Campbell says no no I will not <laughs> and, I, and I bring up John Hodgman because say, we're, we're bearing uh, Diana's lead but I was gonna, why weren't you bringing this up at all? I just remembered it. <laughs> John Hodgman, you were there. So the first ever show I ever went to of a Sketchfish show was in 2009. It was a show called The Red Wine Boys. So good. Uh, that was hosted. It was the the show was a a I guess a a variety show yes. hosted by John Benjamin H. John Benjamin and Archer, Todd, Todd Barry. Archer, Bob Berger's Ooh. This was before he was Bob Berger's yeah, or Archer. Archer, and people in the audience were just shouting at him like. He said, "Hey, what? What's a question you could ask? Uh, well, want to ask me a question? I'll I'll take it." And mm-hmm. someone shouted out, "Like, uh, what would Coach McGurk's favorite wine be?" <laughs> and then he said, "Well, you want to hear Coach McGurk shit? You want to hear Doctor Cat shit?" And then Todd Berry chimes in. He's like, "Hey, if you want to ask something about the film Road Trip, I could <laughs> I could uh, give you a quote there too." What a wrestler! Uh, this was pre wrestler. I oh, think it wow. was, but this is how long ago it was five years now, <laughs> but. Um, and then John Hodgman was on it, too. He was reading something. He did a performance of a thing about red wine that would later go in his third book. Oh, it would. Yeah. But- All I remember about that is that he pretended to be really drunk and cursed his, like, cur- John Hodgman cursed so much. I loved it that he was I've just never, like, I- oh, you, you comedy nerds, huh? Bet you'd like this before it was cool, didn't you? Fuck you. Yeah, it's like, I, I, it's like I'm, I cannot believe I saw that and I'll never be able to see it again. Yeah. So then we were hanging out afterwards, and this was when I found out that if you hang out in front of the comedy uh, place, the the star will come out. Have long, to, it ha- they have to come out the exit. Wait five minutes, they got to come out. So he comes out, and I go like, oh, shit, there he is. 
Mr. Hodgman, can I take a picture with you? I, you, I didn't have a, I didn't and have I'm, a smartphone at the time, so you, Chris, had I, to take had, a picture. No, with a flip phone, which oh, I, the, the picture still yes. exists. It's horrible. It was uh, bad, and so and I'm, yeah, uh, bear in mind. I, well, no, no, no. You you keep telling it. It's just that, like, bear in mind. I have a very anti-talking to celebrity stance. So Henry <laughs> asked to take a picture. I'm already fucking mortified, angry, <laughs> and, and scared about what's going to happen. So we're standing next to each other, and I say, "Hey, do you think we look alike?" <laughs> Which I don't. No, you think said we, people say we look alike. People and, say we look. And I, and I, I was just like. If it was being filmed, you'd hear me in the background. Jesus fucking Christ! And he looked at me. He looked at me and he looked, he looked at me incredulously. And then he and then he made at least a joke about it. He says like that is one of the most loaded questions. That is so, he said like that is such a loaded question. And then I said like oh I think I tried to cover up for him. And be like oh that, that's cool. Thank you so much. You were so funny. Blah blah blah. Then cut to uh, ten eleven months later. He's on my favorite radio show, which is no longer around. The best, oh. the best show on WFMU. He's on a show, and I decide to call in. I only called into the show twice. I call in to talk to him, and I say, I, and I apologize to him live on the air. <laughs> so you can dig up that episode of the best show on WFMU. On it was played on Talk Radar, yeah. And I was a call in, and I apologized to him, and he was like, that's okay, you know, and and then they hung up on me when I started talking about David Byrne because they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my arch. Though my mom also tells me I met Mr. T when I was like three in an airport. And, wow. I don't remember it, but nice. uh, my coworker Chris Hoffman uh, had lunch with Mr. T at an IHOP well, so he the, could interview him. He's the biggest Mr. T fan. <laughs> he in the is world. the biggest Mr. T fan I've ever met. Yes, he loves like, it still. And, also, and and I was like, what did Mr. T have for lunch? Pancakes. Of course. Okay. <laughs> You're an IHOP. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Delivered and on a plate Jones of gold, the man changes his. And also, Shane Patterson and I marked out so hard to meet the uh, million dollar man. Like we, that was, and I heard that's he was a story really heard cool. a million times. He was a great guy, mm-hmm. a great guy. Yeah. Diana. Cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so what? Which one was? Did we get through all of yours? Oh no, I, I got two or three more. I want one. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you about the proudest moment of my life entirely. Mm-hmm. So. Again, breaking my uh, not getting autographs thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw. I guess. I guess this is also about the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks put out a book, "The Two Thousand Year Old Man in the Year 2000. Yeah, and we're doing a signing in San Francisco, and it was like a week before my parents' twenty fifth wedding anniversary. I thought, okay, I'll I'll break the my tradition. Mm-hmm. I'll go get a book signed for them. I get in line. And the woman behind me looks is in the line and immediately says, "My God, it's like we're in shul because it's like every Jew in San Francisco is in the line, and nobody else." So I don't know what shul is. It's like synagogue. Sunday. Like it's like you're going to church, you know, but uh, for Jews. Um, but as people go through the line, I can see because it kind of does a U-turn, so I can see them for most of the time, and I see. Everyone is bringing stuff for Mel Brooks to sign, and people are just kind of saying hi to Carl Reiner. So mm-hmm. oh, I, I felt wow. bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay more attention to Carl Reiner. Sign my copy so, of the Jerk. So while Mel Brooks is signing the book, I said, you know, I just wanted to tell you, Mr. Reiner, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. It really is just one of my favorite movies of all mm-hmm. time. And then Reiner points at me and starts yelling at Mel Brooks. See. This one has taste. <laughs> oh, I love that. I was like, can I get this? Can I get that tattooed on my face? 
I'm so proud. Oh, see, beautiful. I bet you wish that we. Oh, that's a moment you wish you could have filmed. I really Perfect do. Perfect fine. Oh, uh, that was. Uh, was uh, so you happy. made Carl Reiner so happy. Yeah, he yeah. did. He made me. Happy. And what everybody thought were his final days. <laughs> He's lived another true. fourteen years. That's fourteen years. He, he sounded mostly. He was on a Mark Maron episode <laughs> recently. He sounded mostly there. He right? said pretty good. Mel Brooks joked on his episode that Carl Reiner's like eighty percent there, which for his age, eighty percent. Like ninety. That sounds eighty percent sounds fantastic. I hope I am that. Yeah, I hope yeah. I live that long and am that. I don't want to get as old as Rob Reiner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Who else? I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Salman Rushdie. I, what? I met Salman Rushdie. Is uh, that even possible? Right before they dropped the death sentence. <laughs> oh, what? so the fatwa right. was still on. The fatwa was still on. Um, because of the satanic verses? Because of the satanic verses. Even though this was like, it was like 10 years uh, before I saw him. Mm-hmm. But he came to the university I was studying at in England. We got no warning. We were told the morning of, he's going to be here tonight. Only students who are in English literature related classes go see him. There were good fucking bomb sniffing dogs all over the place. The the lecture hall was closed all day. They had to move classes. Look how shit. bad this was. He does appear everywhere it was now. Crazy. He had a fatwa on him before it was cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's the hipster of pissing off Iran. But yeah, it was cool. He read from a bunch of books and awesome. kind of said hi. He said hi. And I was like, yeah. Remember there was a Seinfeld episode about finding fatwa or finding fatwa, seeing Salman Rushdie and like how they thought uh, Kramer thought he had seen Salman Rushdie in like in a steam room. He's like (laughs) they had a fake name that reminded him of fish. Like Hmm. I'm just saying, there's an episode of Seinfeld that's (laughs) like this story. Yep, I met Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, that would which would have been an interesting story, but. who but knows? Future not. episode of Laser Time. Evander Holyfield, I met sort of once. You did. It, this was in Atlanta. I uh, my family lived in Atlanta for Sanders. well, in Marietta, Georgia, actually, but uh, a suburb of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody, few people in 1992 were hotter than Evander Holyfield. Like he was the he was the mm-hmm. heavyweight champion. Thanks of the for world. starting that like a well produced package. <laughs> it was 1992. We were all listening heads. to the new kids on the block, and Here's nobody his trainer, was trainer. It's a little grizzled white guy. <laughs> people were still dying of AIDS, and no one was hotter than Evander Holyfield. But so we were at, we were at this famous. And it all came crashing down. So my family some weekends went into Atlanta, which was just the big city to me. In in the South, which has very few big cities, mostly mm-hmm. thanks to the Civil War. Just Tearing up the state, mm-hmm. Atlanta. Thanks, was, Sherman. Yeah, thanks, Sherman. <laughs> this uh, South was poor. The poor South, man. It was all. By the way, it was weird growing up in Atlanta when the Civil War, Ken Burns, the Civil War was on, because it was like the Civil War started again. Or like my my yeah. not well, okay, not like that. But people were more interested in it. In, like each night was another year in the Civil War and. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad got more invested in the Civil War than he's ever has or will be again. And, like, we spent that summer going to famous Georgia Civil War sites. And people released cassettes, cassettes of Civil War era songs that were popular that we listened to in the car all the time on these trips. And I look and... Was it all violins with the narrations? Shelby Foote talking over I learned how to play that song on piano, Ashokan Farewell. Really? Yes. Yeah. But and I looked at it then as just like, oh, it's history. Yeah, whatever. It's history. And now I look back at it and it, it feels like my dad's wanting to celebrate the death or the 
this weird remembrance of antebellum South or this like wish that the South had won. It's mm. it's just really weird. But anyway, so Atlanta, yeah. and we go to this place called the Varsity, which I believe is still open. That was famous at the time as the biggest drive-in in the world, which. It was just a large restaurant, but it, it, <laughs> but it had fried peach. It had fried peach pie, which I was a big fan Whoa, of. There. But good. but it was a big place to go to for uh, Atlanta celebrities like pro wrestlers, Wolf Blitzer, and uh, pe- people from CNN, Wolf Blitzer, Atlanta Braves players. And Evander Holyfield. But, like, it shut oh. down the whole place. Like, the place got so crazy that Evander Holyfield was even coming to the varsity that, like, it got so crazy my dad, who hates crowds and, and other people, uh, that, we, <laughs> that he was just like, we got to get out of here. There's too many people. So I only got to see him, like, enter the place from afar. The, the, my that Sanders was back when universe. he still had two ears, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and before he had hepatitis, Jesus. now I just think of of Evander Holyfield for his hepatitis and his he has this giant mansion that he couldn't pay for. He's like, mm. and he has he's almost he's relatively like destitute now because he has a million Ill- Ill- illegitimate children. This might surprise you, but I never think of Evander Holyfield. Like ever, I've seen him on a lot of stuff where they make fun of him now. Just that, <laughs> well, and then there's a quote I'll always remember from this. I was just left on ESPN and an Invander Holyfield like biography was on there and his wife came on. It was like and it was just a talking headshot of his mm-hmm. wife and and this was the sizzle reel at the start of the biography and she mm-hmm. says Evander was never faithful to me. And I was like <laughs> Wow, that you still married? Still happy? I think that at least in in the in in that documentary, they were presently married. You yeah. ever wonder if people call him Evan, like <laughs> if he ever goes by that, or if it's always Evander? Evander. I think Vander. Vander's probably good. the shorthand you're going to yeah. adopt. Right. Darth Vander. Van. Mm-hmm. We have been laser time. Holy shit! How I saw long? the Pope. What? <laughs> <laughs> which, which one? John Paul II. Which, the which the Nazi or the no, uh, that no the, the, the nice one. Polish guy, mm. the yeah. one before the Nazi, yeah, oh, okay. pre-Nazi, the yeah. before the quitter, yeah, <laughs> quitter. You know, I've been sitting here this whole time waiting for you, yeah, to ready to fuck, go out. So fuck was anybody going to beat the Pope? That's what I've about sitting here holding with cards. Like, I want to play some cards. It's, it's not just that you saw the Pope. Yeah. Oh, that that I I swore. You raped the Pope. <laughs> well, but then you're. I, yeah, but as a Jew, what do you care? Like, well, you swore what do I the care? Pope? Because they could have thrown me out of the country. They literally oh, could have thrown me out of the Vatican. This is in Roma. I was in the Vatican. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead, tell the story. And, and <laughs> went around. You know, was looking at St. Peter's, and it's really amazing and stuff. And then there's this big crowd assembling out in the square. It's just gigantic, and and there's a window with like this little red carpet kind of hanging out of it. I'm like. Uh, okay, yeah, and then uh, out comes this, this little guy in a little white outfit. It starts talking. He, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure what language he was speaking. Couldn't make out a word. But every now and then, the crowd would go, "Yay!" It's usually when he drops Jesus. Probably said yeah. something pretty I think cool more about so than Jesus, the Virgin Mary, or or maybe he was saying so. like, "Is anyone here from Napoli?" And they go, "Yeah, <laughs> just just the ladies now." <laughs> yeah, but. So I'm like, oh, my God, it's the Pope. And I start taking pictures. Kids, back before there were digital cameras, there were these <laughs> things that had film in them. And sometimes yeah, they were those. cheap and had mechanical parts that didn't work right. And if they didn't advance the film, your picture would not come out. 
So I click it, and it makes this clicking sound. I remember that sound. And it's not advancing mm-hmm. the film, which means now i got to open it, ruin whatever else is on there. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of great pictures from Rome to fix it. And while I'm fixing it, I am angry, and I start swearing. <laughs> Uh, my boyfriend, what, who was at the words? time, who what was with me, there was uh, some shits and some goddamn. Yeah, I you feel, damned God in I, front of the I, Pope. I, might have, I probably said something about Jesus. I don't. I but, don't know. But thank God, because the one guy who can reverse that shit is right there. He's right up there. Yeah, the last week kind of doesn't count. I was sort of behind a pillar. I didn't realize on the other side of the pillar was a member of the Swiss Guard. Fortunately, did not hear me because mm-hmm. they have um, like giant spears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, what? Yeah, they wear very silly outfits. Still how they guard the Pope? I think they also have guns, but there was also, you know, a couple hundred thousand of the faithful who totally would have been down with stoning the Jew. We don't don't need a History Channel show to tell us how how much an IED would kick the shit out of a spear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Bill Hicks had a great comeback. If they're mad at you, you just go, forgive me. Forgive me. (laughs) Forgive me. Yeah. So, I mean, I was swearing mostly to myself, but I guess I got a little noisy. And then my boyfriend at the time who was with me, you know, told me, keep it down. And then... Keep it down, Jew. <laughs> He's like, I'm not with her. I'm not with her. I'm a Catholic, I swear. And uh, But I did end up getting a couple pictures that actually did come out where you can see little teeny Pope over there. Wow. He's like, wow, that was cool. I saw Pope. I, I now have a new bucket list uh, entry. Yep. Cursing in front of the Pope. I might do something mm-hmm. a little more. Maybe if I can get through like an entire dirty joke in front of him. Maybe you Ooh. can have your picture taken with the Pope and like be exposing a nut at the time. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. Like that guy sitting next to the Queen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I have no idea. What oh, that was his dick, though. It wasn't his balls. You could see his dick. Oh, but how happy he looked. It made the picture. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't his fault. It's kilts. It's, it's, it's his goddamn kilts. The look on his face is like, it, it's like unintentional or intentional this is just as funny there's so many there's very rare instances of that happening man I need to go I couldn't say instances because I've had three beers uh, we need to go this is laser time go to lasertimepodcast.com to find out more you can donate to us via PayPal We've probably told you a little bit about that during the break yep. oh you should tell us about celebrities you've met in comments or oh, in the yeah, forums absolutely abso- your stories it. actually maybe we'll start a forum thread because I would even long form like I, I missed retelling stories because I'm sure you guys have some better ones. Yeah. and I don't know. Uh, not better than Robert Altman one or the Carl Ryder. But still, I'm sure it's pretty good. And yes, bear yeah. in mind, uh, Hank is not a celebrity. Do not put that story <laughs> in. You met him at Comic-Con. Also, I'm surprised you didn't tell the story about getting Hulk Hogan to choke you at E3. Oh. Yeah, what? <laughs> That is a picture that it exists. It was a work thing. It's, it's hard to talk too much about the work yeah. ones. Yeah, but like, again, they're forced like, to be around yeah, you. Yeah, it was, oh, it was like... Count. We... Yeah, that was, that was like purely work-focused. Like, you want to talk to Hulk Hogan? And I'm like, no. And <laughs> of course I, mean, I don't. No. I don't talk... Because I don't do oh, that. And, okay. and like, no, but he's right over there. And, we, and we, the cameras are ready. And I'm uh. like, well, then fine. And I don't even know if that video ever went, went live, but... Man, I've told the story before, and it always helps. I know Hank helped it out before, but like there was an interviewer there in front of him, and like we're we were doing the podcast and doing fun wrestling voices, like Macho Man, and I'm like <laughs> immediately my brain like, you know what? Don't do your Macho Man. Don't do your Macho Man when you talk to Hulk Hogan. And we walk, we walk, we walk over there, and then like we talk to his handlers, and I'm like, yeah, sure, you're next. And um, the guy in front of me is just like. Oh yeah, so what are you talking? You're talking to Comic Con about? Yeah, brother. And like, and he, the look on his face is just like, well, it's a 
yeah, it's this game I've been working on. <laughs> and, and, and like, just full. I think you you had said he was full. He was just full Terry. Yeah, he was full Terry. He was not Hulk Hogan. He was clearly annoyed. Some guys doing an impression of him at his face again. Never fucking do that. Why would you want? Yeah. What, do you, what do you think they're gonna say? And then and that was a great impression. I, yeah, Whoa. that sounds just like me. Wow, that sounds Whoa. as stupid as I said. So I'm not Can sure. I adopt you? <laughs> you want to be a really, brother? Uh, you're a really cool person. Uh, <laughs> let's get on my unicorn and have adventures. Yes, let's have a romantic venture in WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> so it occurred to me, you know what? Don't do any wrestling impressions. Be straight up with Hulk. <laughs> and for some reason, like, and then, then I saw another person do that too. They got they got all wrestling, and they're like, I don't feel like any wrestling fan would do that. Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't meet Will Smith and even like like I'm just going to do this interview as Tommy Lee Jones, and we're <laughs> we're going to be in character the whole time. So I'm just totally straight, and for whatever reason, like he's such a showman, he just turned it like right back on, like <laughs> like so. Tell us about I'll tell you it all, brother, and grabs me by the throat, and like I think so relieved that someone came in to talk to him like a human being, and now he can actually, he can actually play the part uh, that you know he's really good at, and and improvise strangling me, and I am a big big person. I am like I am a little over six two, like two hundred pounds. That dude fucking towers over me, and he's so fucking big, and he grabbed me, and there's a picture on Facebook. I'm literally scared. I, 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 the camera caught it. The camera uh, caught it. It's on, it's on my uh, Facebook somewhere. Um, why we, uh, The Pope was the closer. <laughs> I, I think Hulk Hogan beats Pope. Yeah. The, the Pope did not try to you know strangle what? me. It's up for, for the debate. It's up for debate. Who is who is bigger? Who is that who might, is, yeah? That is the closest <laughs> anyone's gotten to a celebrity in these stories. That mm-hmm. hands yeah. put on actually them. except shaking hands. That's all. I may have stood on Pat Oswald. That might have happened. Uh, we have been laser time. Go to lasertimepodcast.com to find out more. We have PayPal donation. You can buy a T-shirt. Shopping Amazon through our links on the right hand sidebar or underneath articles is the easiest way for uh, Americans to contribute. Uh, Britos, you don't count, I don't believe. Britos? Uh, That's pe- my term. Old pejorative term, Henry. Pasta dish from Franco-American? <laughs> but they can always donate on PayPal. You donate on PayPal, whatever you want, any denomination. We only accept denominations between uh, $1 and $1 billion. So it's got to be one or the other. Oh, I was going to give $2 now. billion. You ruined it. You just do it. Give a billion twice. Wouldn't it be so awesome if we just had a crazy rich fan out there just gave us ten thousand dollars one day? Wouldn't it? I should put some echo on that. Wouldn't it? Yes, you. (laughs) If you're stupid rich, come on. Please let me quit my job. Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, we've been Laser Time. Go to Laser Time Podcast to find out more. And there are more shows there. Articles. We got comic book reviews, silly ass movie reviews called Poison Popcorn, um, and we throw up trailers there and other shows such as. Cape Crisis comic book podcast where I talk about comic books usually with Brett Elston and Chris and also the cheap popcast show which I'll just rep because I'm the second biggest uh, wrestling fan the biggest one in the Laser Time Network is Dave Ruddy Run mm. and uh, I think there's probably a new episode out of a uh, newish episode of that you should listen to I'm only on one other show and it's called Video Game Apocalypse and Chris Antista's on there sometimes too actually almost every episode love doing that show yes we talk about video games, usually, sometimes, occasionally. We often go off topic, but not for very long. So, videogameapocalypse.com. I'm not mispronouncing video game. It is V-I-D-J-A. I know that took a lot of guts for you personally to do. Yes. To say, say it right or pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've been Laser Time. See you in Camp on a one. <laughs> <laughs>